Hi, welcome to another episode of Bill Selleck Talks. My name is Bill Selleck. This is me talking. So, we're going to get a little bit meta in this episode. We're going to talk in a podcast about podcasting. But it's not about necessarily podcasting. It's about an idea. And I think the bigger idea, and we're going to start with the lesson here, which sometimes I like to do when I'm teaching, and other times it comes to the end and say, what did you learn? What's the point? How do you connect with other stuff? I'm going to just tell you right now, being curious and willing to take risks around AI will make you a better educator. That's this one specific thing. And much more broadly, being that like, oh, I wonder if we could do the thing with the thing. The answer is yes. Yes. I was just talking with a friend who signed up for a an improv class in early 2020 and it didn't happen. But it reminded me of what I think is so, so valuable about improv and improv classes and improv at faculty meetings, improv at retreats and leadership meetings and all the things. And it goes to what I've been talking about kind of before AI took over this podcast about the value of of being a musician, a good musician, a thoughtful, a connected musician. And it's that idea that you are only able to do your job well and put on an event or run your program, your department, your classroom, your school, insert your job and your people here. You're only able to do that well if you're really paying attention to and relying on colleagues. Right? So the the very quick version of several podcast episodes is I can play bass alone at my house and that's fine and that's great and whatever, but there's some magic when you get bass guitar, drums, and someone singing. Suddenly it's music, suddenly it's a band. And I can't do that live. I can't make music live in that way without other humans. Like, it's fundamentally impossible to, like, play music together and have it sound like a live band. Not pre-recorded, whatever. I can, like, have drum loop and pre-recorded vocals, and that's not at all the same. Making music at the same moment is a similar idea of improv, of like, I have to take what you are giving me and give you my thing. And good improv, the yes and, I think a lot of people misunderstand this, and I think this is an important kind of foundation looking at me talking about podcasting about podcasting. I hear a lot of people talk about, alright, so we're going to do an improv game where we plan the the wildest party ever and someone's like we should have a cake that's eight stories tall and someone else goes yes and haha i did it right yes and we'll have a bouncy house but only for adults yes and we can have a clown that's a dj and that's actually completely wrong that is not the principle of yes and the idea is to build off of your colleague or your partner's ideas so they say we should have a cake that's four stories. And you say, yes, and it should be an ice cream cake. So we need a four-story freezer to hold it. And they're like, yes, and that four-story freezer will also have a bounce house on the top. Where in this case, you're literally building an idea, one on top of the other with a four-story tall bounce house. But like, your ideas are building on your neighbors, your colleagues, your partners' ideas. And in a similar spirit, 
that playing in a band, a good band, um, relies on each other. All right. So, so that's like, take all of that as a premise for what I'm about to share. And also I'm so excited. I am, uh, I'm podcasting this as I'm driving home. So you're going to hear a little bit of traffic in the background and, and that's all right. So the first, oh, I wonder if that could be a thing came to me when Google Drive said, hey, Bill, your mail is full, your storage is full, your drive is full, your account is full. Give us whatever, five bucks a month. And I was like, nope, going to stay under the limit and stay free. So it's like, filter, have you done this? It is, yeah. Filter my drive by large messages. All right, I'll delete a couple. Filter my mail by large messages. Filter a couple. And I found an attachment in my mail from a couple years ago from something my wife forwarded me. She was doing uh, an Instagram show, like a kind of a podcast, but not Instagram Live, a reel, an Instagram. I guess we call it an Instagram show. Uh, scant quarter hour, which if you know anything about sewing is the best name ever. It's a 15 minute or almost 15 minute podcasts, Instagram story about modern quilting. So my wife, Isabel did that brilliant, amazing, um, super great with that. And she, she mostly uh, co-hosted this with her friend, Steph, who is a professional coder. Um, I don't know if she'd describe it, software engineer, software developer, I don't know. But she knows how to code. And so they record on Zoom, and it gives you side-by-side, left and right. Save the video. And so what Steph did, and I looked at this, and I was like, wait a minute, I had no idea what this meant when my wife shared this with me. She's like, maybe you can help me do this. It was just code. And I'm like, is she going to share a Final Cut profile? I can help you with Final Cut Pro for video editing. And no, so I take Steph's code, paste it into ChatGPT, and I was like, explain this to me. And it was like, oh, it looks like this is a, a video editing workflow written using something like FFmpeg. Uh, and so let me break, break it down for you. And it was exactly what I would do in Final Cut Pro for video editing. Steph automated it as a script. So it, it takes the video, it's left and right side by side, Steph on the left, Isabel on the right, duplicates it, crops it, creates a new video, so now Steph is on the top, Isabel's on the bottom, or reversed. All done in a script, not video editing. And then they have a little intro, intro song, intro video, visual, in a little animation, and it combines those two. Automatically outputs it, and then it's, it's good to go. Um, which kind of blew my mind now that I actually understood what it was and that you could do that with video. You can video edit by scripting, by coding. That was, that was like my first like, whoa, now that ChatGPT helped me decipher this, I thought that's kind of what it did. I knew enough, but yeah, you can do that. So I said, hey, ChatGPT, and I don't say, hey, ChatGPT, I just typed, but I'm telling you so that it makes more sense. Could I do this with audio files? Absolutely. Cool. Like, is there a way to to crossfade those? Yes, but it's complicated. I was like, is this the kind of thing that that I could do like on my phone as an iOS app? Yes, yes you could. I was like, cool, because increasingly I want to be able to record podcasts on my phone 
which I'm doing right this second, not for you listening, but for me recording as I'm speaking, I'm on my phone in voice memos. I was like, I would love a workflow that gives me intro song, outro song, always use the same songs, always try and have my voice start and say, hi, this is Bill. At the same time in that, it, was like, it feels like this is something we can automate. Confirm that with chat. Like, cool, we are, we are doing this. We're making an app. So I said, um, I have learned that, that getting the whole scope of an app in that first sentence on a new chat is really important to ChatGPT. So now we're going to talk a little bit about my progress so far. I'm going to talk with you as I podcast about building an app about like four podcasters. So I had to really think about, and I'm, I'm shocked with how much of app development is really like wrapping your brain around what you want it to do and not do and how one thing connects to the other, what that user experience is. That's such a significant part of app development that I didn't understand until I started actually building an app with ChatGPT giving me the code. So explained, you know, so new chat, and if you're gonna do this on your own, strongly encourage you to start a new chat and label it whatever the name of your app is as the chat, and you only use that one chat while you're working on that app. So, describe the scope of the app. I want to be able to record in the app. I want to be able to load my intro music, my outro music, and I already have that. I want to take intro, my podcast audio that I recorded my voice, and my outro music, combine those at a specific time, save that file, and be able to export that, ideally to FTP, because that's where I, I put all of my stuff. I own the domain billsalt.com, pay for web hosting, so my podcast episodes live on billsalt.com slash yada 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 directory. So now, I've described what it looks like, and it's like what I want it to do. I didn't describe what it looks like, opened up the new iOS app Freeform, which is similar to like Paper 53 or like Procreate, um, but it is now, I think it came with iOS 16. Maybe use it all the time, maybe you never use it. Drew a couple rectangles, added some colors, drew a big like microphone icon, and two buttons down at the bottom. It's like, I think this is the layout I want for recording. Um, save that as just a, or did a screenshot, airdropped it to my laptop, added it to the chat GPT chat. Are you with me? As an image and said, I want my app to look like this. So you have the features I want. This is the interface I want. Can you help me build the app? Yes. A couple clarifying questions from chat GPT. Great. Uh, and then we're off to the races. Here's the first draft of your app. I was like, you'll need to do this, 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 and this. I was like, cool. Thanks. Uh, that almost makes no sense to me. I'm not an app developer. You're the app developer. I'm the one with the idea. You're going to tell me what to write. I'm going to paste it in. I'll paste errors back and you're going to troubleshoot. Additionally, you're going to manage this project and keep track of features that I say, oh, we should add this. Oh, we should add that. Oh, uh, here's the first draft of it, but I want the next draft to look like this, right? So we're building, um, 
think startups talk about like the minimal viable product, the MVP. Is that a thing? Like, what's the smallest amount of of features we need to actually just get it to work before we make it look super beautiful and get like everything nice and shiny and whatever? Um, and so, got that draft. It was like, all right, you want to open up Xcode? Great, I already have Xcode. Do a new file. Give it a name. Right click and. You know, go to file new, add a new Swift file, call it this, call it that. Let's work on content view. That's where most of your stuff's going to be. Here's the first draft of it. Paste that in. Cool, it worked. Um, now, by the way, uh, it's audio recording, and so you're, you're going to want to connect your phone. So I connect my phone, lightning to USB-C, plug it in, and when I push play, which I think is the build button, that's a question because I'm not 100% sure. When I push the play button, it, uh, it gives me a preview on my screen, and then suddenly my phone has the app. Amazing. I can hit the record button, and it records. I can, and, but then that's it, I think. I think it records, so I'm like, oh, it doesn't have a playback button. Uh, I want a record button, but after it, excuse me, after I record it, I want it to play. Wait, delete this code, replace it with this code. Right, and so I'm just doing this again and again and again and again, um, to where I'm actually able to load intro music, load outro music, select it from files in the files app, uh, record and play back. I don't have the combine yet, but I have a button that says combine. And I was like, I think I want it to like go to a new screen, like slide to the right. I'm thinking like when I order for like a pickup at Target, here are my groceries. Tap on, tap on like milk, and then it like slides from the right to the left. Like, should I do that or should I have like a pop up thing? Um, and so, ChatGPT like gave me advice. Like, typically, like you want to go from the right to the left, so it like slides forward. It makes it feel to the user like it's progress. Like, great interface suggestion. Let's do that. So you'll want to have a new Swift file, and uh, and I'm getting like a little bit in the weeds because I want you to actually understand just how deep you can go with this and how much like I think how much is required on my part as like the human with the idea and then how I'm interacting with ChatGPT for actually the writing of the code. And so I decided on that, I was like, all right, great. And then I asked, I said, should this still be in content view or should this be a new file? Great question, Bill. It should be a new file. Let's call it editing view. Okay, what does that look like? For now, let's just put, this is placeholder text. And here's, you know, paste this file, new, new Swift file, all within that same Xcode project, paste in placeholder text, play, it It works, how do I get to it? Oh, let's link the combine button, so I tap combine and it takes me there. But now it just says placeholder texts. Uh, can you give me, like, the name of the file? Like, I want it to show that it loaded the file. Sure, let's change the intro button. Change the intro button so that it's going to now feed the name of the file into the editing one. Can we do the same for the outro button? Yes, yes we can. Cool. Oh hey, let's pause what we're doing. Can I have like a little uh, checkbox? Turns out those are emojis. So like a circle with a blank checkbox is an emoji. So now we're toggling states. So now we need to add a state variable. And I know this because ChatGPT gave me this code. Um, so now we have a new state variable. It's like intro button on or off, basically. S same thing for outro. Yep. Outro button on and off. That's going to be like a toggled state. 
domain a variable now? Well, I didn't know that actually. Chat told me that. Yeah, you need a variable. Here's the variable. Um, okay, now I want it to be like before you choose the file, the blank emoji, and when you choose the file, the green checkbox emoji. Perfect. Here's your new code. Paste that code in, and all along, every time I, I paste in new code, there's an error, and I'm pasting the error that it gives me. Xcode makes it easy. It's like a red rectangle right by where my code is. I just paste the error. Here's the fix. Paste the error. Here's the fix. One of the things that ChatGPT told me um, was something that's actually deprecated. Like, it's not been allowed since iOS 16. So, I Googled that. I actually went to um, Anthropic's Claude 2, another AI uh, text generative tool. I said, I'm getting this error. And I said, oh, that's deprecated. You can't use that. You have to use this. So, I pasted that back in as a quick, you know, little, like... <laughs> What do they call it, like in, in games, and in role-playing games, like a, a side mission? Like a little, whatever, like a little tangent, like a tangential side mission, and then it came back. And I was like, okay, let's use that now. Uh, it's no longer navigation link, it's navigation something. So got that, and so now when I load the audio file, I have a green checkbox. And then can I change the color? Yes, you can. Cool, oh my gosh. Hey, uh, Anthropics Cloud 2, give me some color palettes. Here's some, great. Uh, so now, before the button, I want it to be this light purple, and once it's selected, give me a green chat box and a darker shade, darker purple. Oh, it does that. Cool, all right, so now like it, it feels like the button's kind of activated. Um, you know what, I just, I just keep building it from there and from there. All the while, um, this is taking much longer, you know, over a couple weeks at this point, um, to go, <laughs> to just record voice memos, airdrop it, throw it in GarageBand, which is essentially what this is going to be doing. But keep in mind, very, very beginning of this episode, I am a curious human, I am a curious educator, I am a curious director of technology. And so a little bit of the time here and there, I'm able to, to jump in and, and, and make a little bit of progress with this app to learn about how to interact with AI, to learn a new skill, using AI to, I mean, ultimately, whatever, like, building the app is is interesting and, and fun and maybe useful. We'll, we'll see. It's far too early to know about that. Um, but but if we just counted the number of minutes I've spent building the app, it's, it's much, much more than just manually creating my own intro and outro, right? I will own that. That is a given. But again, not the point. Um, you know, so now if, if uh, an eighth grader, a ninth grader, a third grader is like, hey, like I want to build my own iOS app, a year ago I'd have been like, yeah, that's really hard. Let's start you with like intro to Swift, Swift Playgrounds chapter one, book one, project one. Do that, learn all of the Swift coding, and then we'll, we'll get you going on Xcode eventually once you go through like Swift one, two, and the app development version. That's a lot. Like, students over the years have asked, and they kind of give up halfway through Swift 1. Um, it's amazing that that exists, and it's an amazing resource, and I've gone through Swift 1 and got stuck on Swift 2 and couldn't get unstuck. I bet I could go back and get unstuck now, but also I don't have to learn Swift from scratch. I don't have to write code from scratch, because we're getting back to my app. I'm able just to describe to ChatGPT or other generative AI texts, app, you AIs, and get 
the code and then work through the code. Now that little bit of, you know, let's do a little side conversation here, right? Knowing that little bit using Swift Playgrounds 1 and 2 and doing some app development as an app English educator, I can read the code and it becomes, like, I can read it and go, yeah, I kind of understand that. I'm not fluent enough to write it, but I can kind of understand it. So let's get back to the app and kind of all the reasons that, that I'm excited about the app. I now have buttons for intro and outro that change when I select them visually with a checkbox and color. I can record my audio, I can play my audio, like all these steps, right? You're, you're with me now? But when I push the combine button, it now takes me to a new page, which is amazing. Do you appreciate this more than if you just tapped your app and it just swipes from the right to the left? That's like someone did that. They did like a new file and then an action to swipe it to switch from one file to another file. I appreciate that more now. When I when I tap on milk and it swipes to the milk page, I'm like, someone has a new Swift file. That's that's some legit app development right there. I appreciate that. And now you appreciate that in a way you might not have 12 minutes ago. But when I push combine, I don't necessarily have to have any audio recorder. Ooh, that's a problem. So it's gonna combine to something that shouldn't exist. Because, right, like I, you have to require as a prerequisite intro, outro, and your podcast recording. So just now, what I'm so excited about to actually share is there is that combine button now that combines intro, outro, and your podcast recording. It now says zero of three. When you select your intro music, it shows one of three. When you select your outro music, it shows two of three. And when you record your own audio, your podcast, like the big button in the middle, you now have three of three. And then the button is active and you can tap on it and it swipes from the right to the left, gives you the new editing page. And that's where I actually want to, and I don't know how to do this yet, but we're gonna figure it out. We actually wanna have the intro audio file as like a waveform and then choose like, I think where my voice, hi, you're listening to, right, where that starts, and then on the very end, with the outro music, based on when my audio podcast recording my voice, based on where my voice ends, that's what's going to cue the outro music. So I need to build that interface next, and once that's done, I think it's a save button, save the files, or just upload it to FTP, but then it's like combine, done, and upload. Um, so that is the project, is about building a podcasting app for podcasters. So if you have your own podcast and you always use the same intro and outro music and it's you just mostly with a microphone in one take or using voice memos and then airdropping it, um, this might be an app you'd be excited about. But mostly I'm excited to learn about app development, to learn how to add, like, remember the light and dark purple? I learned you can go to assets and like save a color as an asset and give it a name. So like primary purple is a color now. Ah! Uh, light purple is now a color. So I can just in my code call it light purple. Um, I didn't know about assets before, but that totally makes sense. So yeah, like all of that is super duper exciting. And uh, yeah, we'll see what comes next. I need to give you an update at some point because I just spent you know, 23 minutes 
walking you through where we are so far. And so far, all it has basically is select intro, select outro, record your own audio, and play back your own audio. Um, it's a lot. It's complicated. But, like, if we get back to music as we wrap this up, I've said this before on the podcast, I continue to use this as an amazing example of how quickly technology moves in our lifetimes. And AI is moving exponentially faster. I wanted to record my own music. So when I was in college, the two pathways I saw were get signed to a record label and then get studio time, or work at a studio and get studio time. If you wanted to record a full drum set, guitar, vocals, bass, drums, all the things, you needed like a legit full studio. And so I got a music degree mostly to be able to record music and to record my music and to work in a studio and record other people's music. Now, with GarageBand, right, it's not identical. Studios still exist. Audio engineers are phenomenal humans with immense talent. But for me, I can record my own music using GarageBand or Logic Pro on my phone, on my iPad, on my laptop. And it sounds really good. I can use GarageBand drums, and I've done this before for presentations where I've written edu parodies, like the Foo Fighters Everlong. I figured out how to get that drum sequencing, like using the drummer feature in GarageBand. I know how to play bass and guitar. My, my old neighbor Steve can sing. So I recorded bass, guitars, use the drummer feature to get the drums. I don't need a recording studio anymore. And it's like 95% there. You'd have to listen really carefully to be like, this sounds not like the original. This sounds like not real drums. It sounds good, all right? Again, not the point of this episode, but I'm drilling down a little bit into this because now you don't need a recording studio. You don't need even my level of expertise with GarageBand. Every student at our school, as young as junior kindergarten kindergarten, has an iPad, and that iPad has GarageBand. They can drag a drum loop in, they can record a synth loop, they can grab an existing synth loop, export that, and they have their own podcast music. They have their own music for their own movie or documentary, all the way through our ninth graders with MacBook Airs, with either GarageBand or Logic Pro, same thing. Get some drums, get a synth in there, you've got your own music for your documentary, for your podcast, just for your own song, because you're a songwriter. The gatekeepers no longer exist. And another podcast episode, we'll talk about the upside and downside of that, because there's many upsides as well as many downsides to just anyone can produce their own music. But we've known this for a while with podcasts, radio shows, right? With writing books and ebooks and publishing books, with writing albums, recording music, publishing your music. You don't have to be an author with a signed contract with a publisher or a musician signed to a record label. You can do your own books and movies, podcasts, TV shows, kind of, like with the YouTubes and movies, all the things, and now, now, now we have the ability to develop our own apps without getting an undergrad or graduate or a PhD in 
computer science and software development. Do those things help? Yeah. Yes, absolutely yes. Um, is the code cleaner and better and whatever, faster? I, I'm guessing yes to all of that. Um, if you have, you know, a graduate degree and like an MFA in like user interface, is your interface going to look better than mine? Probably, yeah. Um, and me as educator, like my, my primary like identity professionally is educator, not app developer, not software engineer. Me as educator, Bill educator, you as educator can now be app developer in the same way that a fourth grader can be a singer, songwriter, musician. Right? The, those gates now for app development are open in the same way that they have been for well over 10 years due to things like GarageBand iMovie and the platforms to share them in. It's a super exciting time. Um, and so I, I wonder, like, depending on how you're using AI or how you're not using AI, this is likely going to give you a little kick in the pants, a little inspiration, hopefully some inspiration, to either start developing your own iOS app using Xcode and ChatGPT4, or, or not. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. The very last thing, the little bow on this episode, um, I was talking with Manuel, who is on our tech team, and uh, I, I was telling him vaguely about this, just kind of giving him updates as I go, because um, he's not an app developer either. He's a phenomenal um, educator, technologist person that kind of keeps everything running at Hillbrook, technology-wise, right? And so... He was like, oh, you've been podcasting for a while? I was like, yeah. And I go back and look at my first audio file. 2009. Dude. I just, I, it's been 15 and a half years since my first podcast episode on this podcast. Um, I've been doing it since, since before it was cool. But he saw the second episode. He's like, the second episode was Twitter. Twitter is an educator. And we listened to part of it. And it was like, oh, I'm describing like how to find me on Twitter how to follow me on Twitter, not, not, not me, how to follow a person, how to use a hashtag, what retweeting means. RT is retweet, and you want to keep it short because you only have 140 characters, and like described, and then, you know, like let's start with following me, and then you click on me, and then you see who I follow, and then you follow them, and then you see who they follow, and you follow those people, and now you're following 50 people on Twitter. This is a great way to learn about other education things and get connected as an educator. So I'm talking about this in like 2009. It was it was adorable. Um, I wonder. I wonder what <laughs> if we give it another 15 years. If we're going to look back on this episode and be like, oh, Bill was so cute with his, you know, the way he interacted with AI and app development. Um, I really feel like we're at a tipping point where in one year this episode and this workflow is going to feel pretty outdated and feel like, oh, cute, in a way that it took 15 years um, for my second podcast episode about Twitter as an educator to be like, oh, cute. That's, that's what I was talking about and that's what I was excited about and that's what I felt needed explaining. Um, it's moving fast, but it's super exciting. So develop your apps, use you know generative AI to help write your emails for work, to speed up blog posts and all the things and whatever and yeah so 
This was a, a very deep dive into it. Hopefully you found it uh, interesting, inspirational, all the things. Thanks for bearing with me as I walked you through the whole app development. Um, so if you're a podcaster that loves podcasting and you're an educator that's curious, stay curious, build your apps, and uh, thanks for listening to Bill Selleck Talks. My name's been my name's been Bill Selleck. My name still is Bill Selleck, and this has been me talking.